I don't know about you, but I had to put down my issue of Pep Comics to say I am back live for Commander's Log. We're talking about Star Trek, the animated series, episode 10 of season one. That's called Mud's Passion. After the jump. This episode of Commander's Log is brought to you by Geek Renaissance. Need that special gift for the nerd in your life? Love supporting small business? Look no further than Geek Renaissance. The artist, Sephra, makes all items by hand and will boldly go to the final frontier for your unique gift. Head over to geekrenaissance.company.site and use the code FLOBITO, that's F-L-O-B-I-T-O, to get 10% off your order. Don't forget to follow, like, and share Geek Renaissance on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Look alive, Captain, on the bridge. What's going on, sir? Yeah. Ah, hey, everybody. Uh, hang on. Star Trek. Uh, oh, I see it. Yeah, it is. Are you showing me both bo- both boobs? What's going on? What are we doing? What? I'm not even charging for this, folks. <laughs> That's that premium content. Man, I'm so glad to be back here on the show live after two weeks of being on a break. Man, how was your two week? We've got to assume that no one's watching Starbase 80 right now. But if they haven't, <laughs> what's the last two weeks have been, Captain? Uh, I have been working on this show. It is called Friendly Valley. It is out in beautiful Santa Paula, California. Uh, oh. It is playing in a, uh, I believe our house is a like 60 seater. <laughs> okay. Hey man, doing- I've never sold out a 60 seater myself. So, <laughs> <laughs> Well, I've never done that solo. I've done that as a, a member of, uh, you know, this improv group or, or that sketch group. But uh but uh, this play is a, a lot of fun. We're doing it tonight. There will be no uh, Sunday matinee of this play on this week, which means that when you and I on Sunday do Starbase 80, you know, we'll have a little breathing space. Yeah. A little time. A little time. I love and, it. and um, if you don't mind me plugging right up uh, at the top, uh, plug, plug, plug. we will be beginning our, our run up to Strange New Worlds which, uh, of course, Flobo and I will be breaking down and reviewing here on Commander's Log. Uh, And in order to get prepared for that, we're going to watch, we're going to go back to the very, very beginning, the very first pilot for a Star Trek program that featured Captain Pike and Captain Pike's version of the Star Trek crew. And it will be so exciting. I'm really stoked for it. Menagerie Part 1, Captain John and Flobo Boyce, best damn XO in the fleet. Oh, well, stop. Go on. And it's not going to be Bruce Greenwood, y'all. Uh, before we get into today's episode, which is much passion, let's talk about Picard. How's that going? In about less than an hour from this time now, you'll be going on a little spinoff supplemental show of SSB80 to talk about Picard season two. That's right. Um, so coming up at five uh, here on the uh, best coast, or if you're on the east coast, which is also a great coast. We love that coast, don't we? It's okay. Though? That's yeah, where we're from. Hey, bye, uh, what what we've got uh, going on is uh, chapter seven of ten, and uh, it's called Monsters, and it actually was really set up a lot by all the previous episodes. A lot of 
A lot of dangling plot threads that will be woven together in this one. A lot of plot threads that are woven together in this one. So it's it's kind of exciting. And as I've been saying, you've been, uh, uh, Picard season two is quite good. You've been watching it, haven't you, Flo? Yeah, I've been watching it. I've been using myself as a guest correspondent for other shows in the Star uh, Trek space. I couldn't do it week to week because like a good old down pillow, it's premium filler uh, this week on Picard. But that's just me. What up, Kirsten Marie? Thanks so much for being on the show. Premium filler. Oh, my God. You know something? <laughs> you are not wrong. Hey, Kirsten. Good Boy, to see you, darling. Out. So let's get into this, man. Uh, episode 10, season one of Star Trek, the animated series. And you've preached it to me as, hey, look, man, the animated series is like the fourth season of Star Trek. Why did this episode jump out to you there, Cap? Uh, this one is great on a lot of levels. Uh, there were previous uh, on TOS, the original series of Star Those Trek. Those old scientists? Uh, there there were uh, previous uh, episodes with Harry Mudd on them, and they were written by Stephen Candle, as was this one. Oh. Uh, as a matter of fact, there's a great story that Steve Candle tells, which is, uh, how did this episode come about? He said, uh, Dor Dorothy Fontana, DC Fontana, uh, who was uh, very much... Um, a, a a mover and shaker on the animated series as she uh, had sort of grown into that role on the original series. Okay. Uh, he said, she gave me a call. She asked me to write a Harry Mudd episode and I wrote it. Wow. And that's the story. <laughs> you know, one of my favorite stories of all time, uh, this is totally not the point of the show, but whatever, this show has no point, uh, is <laughs> when... <laughs> Uh, people interview Jay Leno. Uh, Jay Leno is actually one of my favorite comics growing up. A lot of people who don't like him, I understand why, but I love Jay Leno because he delivered comedy every day. And I say, like, "What's your secret to success?" And and he's always like, "Write joke, tell joke, get paid." <laughs> and if you don't know Jay Leno, that could have been a Jay Z line. <laughs> that was the most gangster stuff I've ever heard. <laughs> Just it's amazing. I love it. The connections between Leno <laughs> and Z. Yeah, I could, I could I see love it now. Yeah, because so this, I mean, this is all new to me. This Sorry. is all new to me. Uh, Star Trek the animated series, but when it was released, was it seen as like a great thing to have? Was it a stopgap measure? Was it just inferior? What did the people think about it when it was released in the early 70s? Uh, yeah, 70s. I, I'm thinking 1974. Oh, I'm sorry, I, I am corrected. 73 it debuted in 1973. Um, it had been, uh, it had been okay, like three ish to four years at that time since the original Star Trek had been canceled. However, syndication was, as you know, I mean, it, it's touched almost everybody's lives. Almost everybody knows about Star Trek because of that syndicated run. Mm -hmm. uh, so it was very much alive in people's minds. I, I may have, I was a little kid, so I don't know that I saw every single episode. Uh, I may have not seen every episode of live action Star Trek. So this one comes along and it's done by Filmation, which I knew as a child as the uh, Archie, you know, here's Archie, Archie's yeah, pals and gals. Archie, yeah. Uh, I I knew Filmation because of the Archie shows, so I kind of recognized there was there was also a show they did uh, Journey to the Center of the Earth, um, mm -hmm. and it featured 
the same bad art. I'm sorry, that is bad art. I do <laughs> okay. like the artwork in these cartoons. Bad art. Wow. <laughs> uh, bad color choices. Bad, you know, just uh, the drawings were okay. The drawings looked enough like the characters. They obviously, in the animated series, introduced new races that uh, would have been very difficult to do in live action. Um, but the music was very canned. The monster sound effects, very canned. We get giant monsters in this episode. They are so average for a <laughs> filmation show. Yeah. They don't move very fast. They go, rawr, rawr, and they all make the same noise. The same music plays. Da, 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 da. Yeah. I mean, that level of repetition. And I believe it's like a 24-minute episode. And you feel every single one of those minutes. Thank you. Yes, exactly right. Um, well, I have to say, um, you know, not a lot of animation at the time was that much more, uh, you know, artful and, and beautiful. Uh, sure. So, you know, it was kind well, of... To be fair, I mean, no. Hanna Barbera will at least give you the gimmick where the background moves really fast. Johnny Quest or Scooby Doo, and it's true, that's true. And and here on uh, the animated series, I didn't know a lot of people who liked it. To answer your question, um, there was not a lot of fandom in my life. I think if you were older and you could get fanzines and you might go to the conventions they had at the time, which were very primitive compared to what they would turn out to be. Right. Um, yeah. I. I. I don't remember a lot of kids on the playground saying that they loved this show. And that's sorry, okay. sorry to assume you were alive back then because you don't know how <laughs> you are. Uh, J Joe Talza, what's up, Joe Talza? Part of the Picarda crew says Pink Tribbles. Oh, that's always fun. Yeah, and Pink he also Tribbles, sent me exactly. Joe sent me a link of uh, was it a fan uh, short film of like the Next Generation done in the style as the animated series, which is pretty <laughs> awesome. But. Let's get into plot, because that's what we're here for, plot. Mm -hmm. Harry Mudd, who's not Rain Wilson, which is kind of disappointing, uh, has himself some magical crystals. Well, let me ask you this, man. Have you ever sold Avon? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> 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 well, like, walk me through this. The opening up of this, this whole idea of love and being able to rub love on you. Did it really hit home for you? I didn't mind it, to tell you the truth. I mean, I can go with these sort of simple stories where it's like, okay, it's like this. You break the crystal, you rub it on you, then the first person you touch will fall in love with you if they're of the opposite sex. Of course. If not, uh, and you touch them, they won't fall. If you, if you touch someone of the same sex, they won't fall in love with you. They'll just really be your friend. Oh, well, they just know the difference. And see, that's the thing. Look, can I just tell you? Can I just tell you? I got married in 1991. Okay. My wife and I moved in together in 89. Uh, that relationship has a heavy dose of friendship in it. It's okay Aww. to be friends with the person that you're in love with. I should hope so, because you were miserable. That would be the worst way to go about it. Well, and that would <laughs> be every other marriage I've ever heard of. Uh, Joe Tanzel says, uh, Yesteryear is one of the few animated episodes I've been worthy of a live action series. We'll touch upon yeah. that one, one day. Craig Robinson, all the way from Jolly Old England, says, Even Captain, what's up, Lobo? That's the name of the show. Uh, Captain Commander's uh, log. Craig, may I call you Lieutenant? It is one of my favorite English 
uh, English people, instead of lieutenant, is lieutenant. Oh, really? I had so no Craig idea. is Lieutenant Robinson. I love it. I'm, got I'm a, with that as well. Got an amazing <laughs> so, sound to that. So these Harry Mudd things, man, um, of the time period, it looked like a lot of these shows had that kind of character, Mr. Miss Spit, Spitlick or a zoo or anything like that. Just a crazy person living outside by its own rules. Were you a, a Mud guy? Were you a Mud I, fan? I, you know, here's the thing. I um, That's a great question because I think I absorbed the feelings that I saw the crew have towards Harry Mudd. I didn't like Harry Mudd. And it, it, you know, being a wrestling family, have this conversation now and again. Um, I remember as a kid, I loved heroes. I didn't <laughs> like villains. Yeah. Eventually, nine, 10, 11, I started to learn, oh no, Dr. Doom, I think is much more cool than the Fantastic Four. Uh, Facts. You know, later it was like, oh, come on, Darth Vader. He's like the coolest guy in Star Wars. Yeah. When they introduced Boba Fett, I was like, oh, I love him. Yeah, I'm not crazy about any of the, you know, good guys they're introducing, but I love all yeah. these bad guys. So uh, looking back on Harry Mudd, I can say, oh, I, I thought he was amazing. I remember there was a period of time where I was like, when they were making the movies, I was like, man, wouldn't it be great if they put out a call to audition for who could be Harry Mudd? I would love to audition for that. Yeah. And then, as you mentioned earlier, Rain Wilson uh, in the Strange New Worlds universe is Harry Mudd. And I think he's a great Harry Mudd, a lot scarier than the previous Harry Mudds, especially this one, who is very ready for Saturday morning cartoons. He's so adorably rascally. Yeah. I actually think he works great. I, I love that he's wearing like that fancy epaulets, you know, fancy uniform with no yeah. shirt on underneath. Like it's called fashion. Look at him. <laughs> uh, what do you think of that scene where he had like the plant when he had like the, the female like fall in love? I was like, this, she looks like she's like a robot. This does not seem good for kids at all. I love that. I love that. I believe she's voiced by Majel Barrett. Majel Barrett does a uh, number of voices in this one. Uh, and there's a female minor uh, that is Harry swindling. And that character is played by Nichelle Nichols. It's mm. interesting in this, uh, in this episode, Uhura doesn't show up. There is no Uhura in this episode, but Nichelle Nichols still managed to get paid. Get that money, lady, get that money. Well, it totally makes sense because it feels kind of random. You have a whole Spock love thing and no Uhura, but Nurse Chapel gets to be the... I was like, wait, hold on. <laughs> now, for example, Nurse Chapel animated? Okay. Yeah. 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 Uh, but that's Nurse Chapel from the show we know. But let, jumping ahead a bit, she's the one that decides, hmm, maybe this Vulcan will be into me. And she actually like buys in, which I didn't think was going to happen at all, but it does. That I'm thinking Uhura my... would. Yeah, I... I... <laughs> One of my favorite storylines as a kid, because you get it when you're a kid, you know, is the unrequited love that Chapel has for Spock. Yeah. Which kind of speaks to uh, kids, because it's like, well, Spock isn't the traditionally handsome one. He's uh, Kirk is. Says Spock you. Is, he's not the traditional hero, romantic hero, except he is in Nurse Chapel's life. Uh, so, yeah, I kind of. I, I totally bought that. Uh, in, uh, if anything, this is a very adult episode. There oh, yeah. are 
adult motivations and adult goals. And that's one of the things that makes the animated series interesting is they don't dumb it down for kids. They, they do dumb it down in the way that um, parents were getting really all up in everybody's face about, oh, the Dick Tracy cartoon is too violent. Um, and that was a great cartoon if you ever watched that. Yeah, it was. Uh, and, and there were lots of cartoons that were considered exciting. Uh, Johnny Quest, as you mentioned before. Um, lots of, you know, guns and explosions and people trying to kill each other. And by the time you get to the 70s, the, the mommy groups have gotten together. And then they get into, well, Thundar can have a sword, but he can't hit anyone with it. He can use it to open doors and to cut things. Boo. Thundar the Barbarian, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, and there was actually, uh, I was reading um, Thundar the Barbarian. There's a scene where a bad guy is running down a hall and Thundar trips him. Trips him. <laughs> That's kind of funny, actually. And the parents go crazy. Oh, no, no, no. You can't do that. You can't do that. Um, yeah, it, it was uh, it was a bad time in cartoons. So we got a lot of action and a lot of adult content in 73 as it was sort of winding down and things were getting a lot more building up to strawberry shortcake and care bears yeah. and all that crap in the 80s it makes sense because you know, even as in the 80s you look at transformers where wasn't megatron a gun at one point and then yes. he wasn't but then everyone's guns were like lasers <laughs> like wait who has all these plasma rifles in the future okay i'm sorry I didn't actually yes um it was transformers and uh uh gi joe that kind of changed it around uh because the 80s did get a little more uh a little more violent and a little more gun and weapon oriented uh, as sort of a bounce back from the 70s when things were super, super mommy friendly. Oh, yeah. Well, speaking of the adultness of this, I thought that Nurse Chapel did the most obvious Kappa feel moment. I was like, whoa, can we do this on TV? Oh, oh, oh sorry. <laughs> like, oh, my gosh. It's just, what is John telling me to watch? <laughs> my favorite one is... Um, when DeForest Kelly, okay, so Dr. McCoy gets, you know, the love drug. He gets the love bug. Oh, because at one point the crystals break and they get sucked into the air conditioning and yeah. just pumped into everybody's lungs, which is hilarious and uh, one of my favorite things about the episode. And there's Dr. McCoy. He's talking to a woman who doesn't even get any lines. Yeah. And he's just like, hey, baby, and I ever tell you about the time I saved the captain and my good friend, Mr. Spock, and Scotty, and that pretty little Lieutenant Uhura. I mean, it was so sleazy. <laughs> yeah, man. Totally par for the course. I mean, if I if you if you had love crystals, what would you do? Would you try to hit up someone at the bar and not give them a chance to speak? Would you have new friends? Or how would you use it? Hey, man, Studio 54 in the 70s didn't become what it became without some love crystals. Different kind of crystals. <laughs> <laughs> Different kind of crystals. Different kind of crystals. They were us canceled. It was the 70s. We were all getting groovy. Uh, one thing I liked about the show is that it, it's it, it's incredibly rough. Uh, you could tell that Shatner had a flight to catch <laughs> and, and, and did his thing. There's like a time you can hear him breathe in and go... Oh, take three. Uh, what was your experience with that? Like this, looking to it now, hearing it now, it's like, wait a minute, what is what's is Kirk doing? Uh, yeah, I mean that's that's so funny. Um, one of the things that happened in voice work in uh, animation in the '60s and Hanna Barbera. Hard, by the way. 
What was that? It's really hard, by the way. I'm trying to do voice acting. It's, it's a pain, but... Uh, vo- voice acting. Let me tell you something. Flobo knows what something. he's talking about. There's there's a lot to it. And um, what they would do in the 50s and the 60s, um, the 40s as well, is they would hire people who worked in radio. And because of radio, there was a certain style of acting. Actually, two or three styles, to be really fair. Uh, and, and that's where a lot of voice acting would come from. If you were from television and an on-camera actor, so a William Shatner, um, I thought Nimoy did good work. I wasn't, I wasn't in love with the DeForest Kelly work. I was not in love with the Nichelle Nichols work. I was not in love with the Majel Barrett work that is all in this cartoon. Um, these are on camera actors. And when you're on camera here, let's see if I can do it. When you're on camera, you tend to throw everything away. It's true. So the smallest little movement in your voice counts for something. Because if you're in close-up like I am right now, you don't really need to do much. But of course, you know from watching me, this is not how I talk. I talk like this. (laughs) I got it. Yeah. It kills me to throw it away. But, uh, But yeah, that's why you'll get, well, Mr. Spock, that sounds like a good idea. Now couple that with the fact that the figure who's saying that on the screen in this cartoon is not moving and the voice is not moving it all gets pretty dull pretty fast so yeah Yeah. you're not wrong you're not wrong there's a throwing of the lines there's like random shots where the line is over but the scene doesn't cut (laughs) it's almost like if this was like uh uh, an assembly cut if you but it's animated like what okay (laughs) Uh, my my favorite line so far uh, of the show uh, was when Harry Mudd was trying to, to pitch people the crystals outside, and he goes, "Does not matter if you're fat, old, or repugnant?" I was like, "Jeez!" <laughs> I loved so much about the the language in this episode. Um, ah, that was a mishing trick, Captain. Yeah. Uh, you've cost me ship everything I own, even the love crystals. I may just sue you. Fine. I'll see you in court, Harry. <laughs> and then it cuts little... him being messed up. Like, it cuts him being, like, in, in sick bay. Like, did, they, did, did Kirk beat him up? I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> I'll see you in court. Ugh, you'll be fine. Like, uh, I mean, uh, you know, I still don't understand how they arrest him. They've already established that what he's doing is not illegal because that planet is not part of the Federation. Well, how, this... where is their authority? Well, you know what? Just stepping over boundaries, law enforcement, all right? Please don't sue me. Uh, but yeah, I, I really thought that Kirk just like knocked him like side to side but off camera. Uh, but yeah, they were in Motherload for this episode, which is uh, planet right, a, a planet called Motherload, which is very Star Trek and very cool. I I really loved that. Uh, here's my favorite line: uh, the um, the <laughs> the the Katian, uh Lieutenant Mares, yeah, who pretty much does Uhura's job uh, and is played by Majel Barrett says, you're funny and very attractive for a human. And she says that to Scotty. <laughs> and she's not I'm wrong. A, I mean, yes. If a woman told me that, I know I made it. You know, I'm attractive for a human. <laughs> Joe Tazel says, Kirk is not strange to appear in court. Yeah, barely. <laughs> One HR violation I'm, away. I'm court for sure. Let me tell you, uh, let me ask you something. Flobo, a Katian. Yeah. Okay, a Katian, right? A cat okay. woman. Okay. Okay. W- would you? I, I, I would maybe, but I saw lower decks, and that cat, that scratching post episode has scared me away. 
from all. I need to scratch this pole every. No, I'm good. I'm. I like my poles where they are. Uh, how'd you feel about Lieutenant Eric? Uh, like you said, there's some races that didn't get a chance to be on the live action, but Eric is hanging out, being all reptilian. Uh, you know, uh, he's cool. I love that he's voiced by James Doohan. Um, I have complained in the past that James Doohan's voices all sound like James Doohan, but, eh, you know, I like the fact that he plays different characters. I know as an actor, he's thinking, well, this is a different character. Yeah. But, but you know, it always seems to sound like James Doohan. There's always a James Doohan voice to it. Ah, you know, that's fine. So there like there was a catch in in Star Trek Into Darkness, wasn't there? Yeah. See what happens with his budgets? Mm. <laughs> I I believe Kirk was in a basket of kittens, so so to speak, in that one, <laughs> if I remember correctly. But that might just be where my brain goes. Oh, what is this? Is Commander's Log After Dark? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Joe Towns is a great guy. Check out some of his books over there uh, on on the interwebs. Of course, part of the Picarder crew, which is coming out after the show. But yeah, we're almost out of our way out of here, man. Can, can, frankly, the twenty two minute cartoon, and it feels like it took three days. To <laughs> You had mentioned that at the top, and I really want you to really make my brain not hurt. What yeah. was the deal with the lizards? They they were there, and they gave them the crystals so they'd be nice. But then the the camera went and showed the crew. So like, are they banging off camera? Like what? I assume. Well, okay. There is a moment where, under the influence, both Kirk, isn't it Kirk and Spock? And they're like, you're my good yeah. friend. You're my yeah. good friend. <laughs> so we don't know. It's dependent on gender. And I know this would drive a lot of our friends crazy. Like, well, gender doesn't determine anything. Yeah. Uh, you it know, did back then, apparently. <laughs> it did back then. Well, I mean, you know, again, boys and girls rules in 1973. Mm-hmm. They're, they're not different from how these people want children to, to grow up now, which is like, no, no, girls are pink, boys are blue. That's it. Make the division. Two different sides of the gym. That's why right. junior high school dances are so terrible. That's uh, why? You know, <laughs> set set uh, everybody apart by gender. Um, so I, I have no idea what happened with the lizards. And frankly, filmation is too cheap to show it to you. Yeah, it, it looked like... To I can understand, they were fighting with the same audio clip, right? No <laughs> inflection. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, come on, you know? But I guess it's very TOS, right? Having the cat off camera and stuff like that. So I get it. Uh, yeah. yeah. So they're, they're doing it, and they throw the crystals, which are somehow, that fits in their hand, but they're giant when they get there. Uh, and somehow they exist, because we'd already been told that the crystals that were given to, to Nurse Chapel were the last crystals. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. And and so they start to continue to fight, and then the crew dodges it, even though they were already away from it to begin with, because they threw the crystals. And then it's almost like some studio was like, "There's no action here." Oh, yeah. you want action, huh? Well, it's four thirty on a Friday, so I'll give you this. And that's it. <laughs> Honestly, that that's the best explanation I've ever heard. Where somebody's uh, like, "Look, we're in the final act, and nothing's happening." Nothing's happening. And Hal Sutherland's like, fine, I'll take some bad guys that I had from, you know, Journey to the Center of the Earth, and I'll put them in this. Happy now? We've got a Triclops <laughs> and a giant stone crocodile. Happy? Yeah, bada boom. Where's my raise? Um, also, a line out of context, which I love, wrote down, 
is when uh, during that act, that scene where uh, Kirk looks at Spock and goes, Spock, can't you take your hands off of her? <laughs> I'm like, you should talk there, Kirk. Excuse me. Uh, yeah, this is it. a weird one, but I, I want to do more episodes of the animated series because there's a lot of good things here to mine here. But I don't know, maybe I should pick the next one because this is kind of weird. <laughs> maybe, maybe I'll tell I'll tell you this much. Uh, I, I mean, just look at the fact you're not wrong about it being weird. There is a children's show, and the title is has the word passion in it. Should that be? <laughs> and it's oh, like yeah. Mud's passion. His passion is not collecting coins. It's no. real passion. It's <laughs> I I do love the animated series. I think people should watch it. That's that's Absolutely. my bottom line for for our viewers. And if you have Paramount Plus, it's already baked into your subscription. I can't believe I'm putting over Paramount Plus, but yes, it's all available on that same app. And I I even though I totally will drag John on air, I did enjoy it for what it was. I mean, it is kind of cool to see the same crew with new adventures uh, this yeah. time in space. Even though some more animations in a second will be great. Is that too much to ask for, Filmation? Uh, well, next week on Commander's Law, we're still waiting for the, the drop of Strange New Worlds, which was happening the first week of May. So we'll be covering the finale of Season 1 of Star Trek Prodigy, A Moral Star, Episodes 9 and 10. We'll be back here to talk about that. But enough about me talking about the future and stuff like that. Talk about the now. Captain, if someone wants to interact with you now, how do you go about doing that? Uh, best place to go right now is uh, to the Starbase 80 page on Facebook. If you don't like the Facebook, and I certainly understand that, you can go over <laughs> to uh, Weber Internet Thingy, which is my personal page over on YouTube, and see all the shows that we've done on Starbase 80, Picarder, and uh, lots of good stuff coming up in the future. Oh, yeah, we're back here with a brand new live episode again. Thank you so much for rocking with me as I traversed many cities in this great country. By the way, Alaska is, like, comically large. No one really knows how big Alaska is until you superimpose it on a map. Surreal. Uh, at Lobo Boys on that social media, flobito.com, F-L-O-B-I-T-O.com. -I, I almost forgot my own name. And, of course, you can check out Commander's Log wherever you get your podcast audio versions of about an hour after we get off of the interwebs. Yeah. But, Kevin, until next time, say the live, word. Live long and prosper, babies.